Hey there, it's me, Dawn Renee, from Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. But then you knew that, didn't you? I wanted to welcome you and thank you for joining me for season two of this lovely journey. In this season, we're exploring self-care, becoming more self-aware, things that we can do like meditation and Reiki and um, uh, what is it? Chakra alignments and intuition and thankfulness and so many different things you can do that are self-care that you don't even think of as self-care. Things that make you feel good. Things that remind you that you're a good person. Things that lighten your heart and bring you joy. And in this season two, we're going to have a series that's called Faces of Joy and Pain. And it's people who have found ways to provide self-care and find, as one said, little snippets of joy throughout the day, every day, even in the midst of family issues and physical trials and emotional and mental yuck, you can find ways to find a little bit of joy and happiness and peace in your day, in your life. And you'd be surprised at how many of these people that I'm going to have my conversations with will tell you the same thing I will, that it grows and it becomes so much more than just a few minutes of hiding from the children or getting yourself together or quieting the thoughts running through your mind. It becomes a way of dealing with everything, of gaining control of you and your thoughts and being able to step back into whatever you're dealing with with more confidence and more self-esteem than you had before. It's crazy. But when you do self-care and you become self-aware, it is amazing how that flows out to others and you become aware of your surroundings and the people in it. And you're able to do more for them because you're doing more for you first. So. I know I went off on a tangent, but this season two is something that's really close to me, to my heart and really means a lot to me because it's what I've been doing for the last year. It's what I've been working through with my health issues and mental, emotional and physical strife that it's caused. Finding yourself time after time in a place you never thought you'd ever be in can break you down or it can build you up. And I am finding ways to build myself up and in so doing, build others and bring them on the journey with me so that we can all be healthier and happier together. I can't wait to you, for you to join me for season two. Here comes another great episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. I am your host, Dawn Renee Hanlon, and this is Real Talk Tuesday. So, I have six kids. It doesn't matter if you have six kids or one kid. It can be exhausting just keeping up with them. Um, Although I will admit that, you know, six kids from preschool to college all at one time was um, a bit exhausting at times. 
and um, nerve wracking and frustrating. And apparently when they were in their rooms trying, you know, supposedly taking naps or cleaning their room because Legos had attacked me when I tried to take the laundry in, um, they were doing other things. And some of the things they knew about at the time, like the time that um, my youngest daughter came running out of uh, the upstairs and came running to the top of the stairs saying, mommy, I smell smoke. So I ran upstairs because I was kicking, cooking dinner in the kitchen at the other side of the house. I ran upstairs, opened the boy's bedroom door um, and their, their bedroom was uh, carpet was on fire. Um, and to to make the fire go out. They had dumped their backpacks, uh, contents of all their schoolwork on the fire, thinking to smother it. Um, I think they were probably six and seven at the time or six and eight, six and eight at the time. And so, so, um, they made the fire worse. Um, and the, uh, rayon carpet melted into a solid black puddle of yuck and uh, then hardened into a black puddle of a, a, a black hard mess um and they didn't set the carpet on fire um at the time we weren't sure what happened they were just so terrified but apparently they were goofing off and they were not picking up the legos as evidenced by the lego attack when i went in to put out the fire and um they had knocked over this halogen floor lamp, one of those tall ones uh, that you put in a corner of a room and it lights up the whole room. So they had knocked that over somehow, who knows, a pillow fight, a shoe, who knows uh, what happened. It fell down and the actual light bulb, the actual halogen bulb ended up um, touching the carpet and setting it and heating it up so so hot that it began to that it it it, it combusted that's the word i was looking for and caught fire uh, which totally surprised the boys because they didn't do it on purpose and they were terrified and didn't know what to do and they didn't want to get in trouble because they knew they're not allowed to play with lighters or matches um yeah so that was that was you know the things that 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 kids do so this topic came up um on super bowl sunday the kids were over and as always they pick on me <laughs> and on each other and they're like remember that time do you remember when you know um we put the cat in the dryer and turned it on and i was like i'm sorry what you did what yeah we would play in the dryer we would go downstairs to play in the to in the playroom and we would take turns riding in the dryer and we put the cat in the dryer and my oldest daughter, whose cat it was, was like mortified. And here we are. I mean, this is 30 years ago, this happened or 25 years ago. And, and it's crazy, um, you know, that something that happened 20 years ago, I'm just finding out. And I'm as appalled now as if it was happening right now. These are the crazy things that come up at family gatherings things that you didn't know, things that you knew, but you'd kind of forgotten because you wanted to push it out of your memory. And um, then there's the crazy things like, you know, we put the cat in the dryer. I had no idea. And then my daughter says, um, yeah, I remember the Thanksgiving when the cat was in the refrigerator and we all just stared at her. We had no idea what she was talking about. She's like, yeah, mom was cooking and dad was still asleep. And, um, 
we were looking everywhere for the cat for a couple hours and we thought maybe he'd gotten outside and I opened the refrigerator and he jumped out and I, I don't even know. I, I was, I had no idea. And this truly was like 20 years ago. And I, I have no memory of this event. And I said that and she's like, Oh, well, we didn't tell you. I didn't tell you the cat was in the refrigerator. I wasn't sure if you put him there. Why on God's green earth would I have put a cat in the refrigerator on Thanksgiving morning? So these are the things, you know, and this is, this is the real talk that, that families have and the things that they say. And I, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you did that. You instigated that event and your brother's got in trouble for it. And my other daughter says, remember when Sky jumped off the roof and you saw him go by the window from the third story, he was six. And I said, oh my God, yes. All I saw was his body fly by. I didn't know at the time that the dump truck of, of the big giant dump truck of sand for the pool base, because we were having a, a an a, above ground pool installed. I didn't know that they had just dumped this giant load that was like 10 feet tall, this giant pile of sand at the back side of the house. So when I saw him go by the window, he was jumping off the roof into this giant pile of sand. It was like he jumped the equivalent of half a story, you know, about 10 feet tops into the sand. Um, however, I did not know that when I'm washing dishes and out of the corner of my eye, see a child go flying by the window. Um, that would uh, constitute one of those moments where I thought I was dying because I was in panic and the kids thought it was hysterical. They thought it was hysterical that I was so upset and that I got so terrified and thought he was really jumping three stories out the window, off the roof. And, um, my husband was there and knew the whole thing was happening. So yeah, great. Thanks for warning me, babe. So appreciate it. Does your family have conversations like this or is it just mine? I mean, I, I, and my kids are like, we were always unsupervised. I'm like, no, it wasn't that you were unsupervised. It was that I went into the bathroom and closed the bathroom door, my mistake, and came out two minutes later and there's red Sharpie graffiti all over the white paneling in the hallway the entire length from the front of the house to the back of the house they have over the custom woodwork that my husband painstakingly created they had taken red sharpie and black sharpie and had drawn pictures i mean yeah they were like three four and five silly me for closing the bathroom and just trying to get two minutes of peace and quiet to myself um because it took five layers of kills you know, the mold, mildew, stain cover, or five, five coats of that and another five coats of paint. And you know, it still shines through on, a, on, on when the lighting is right. The red Sharpie, the red Sharpie, it never fades. It's this faint pink graffiti under 10 coats of paint. Yeah. When I was getting the house ready to, to sell, I had to redo my son's 
one of the bedrooms and put down new flooring and stuff. And so my husband and I, it was before he got sick and we were, you know, doing one bedroom at a time, renovating since the kids were now grown and we no longer needed to worry about halogen lamps, catching rugs on fire or Sharpie murals on the bedroom walls. So there was this giant mural. It was actually quite lovely on the bedroom wall and, um, black and red and I think purple were the colors it was. And you want to know what colors did not come through? Black and purple did not come through. Six or seven coats of kills and then a couple more coats of the paint that we chose. But that pink, that pale pink from the red Sharpie, to this day, it still shines through. Um, I sold the house and I'm and uh, I'm sure that that when the lighting is right, they can see a little bit of this beautiful mural from that was on the wall. The only saving grace in that is that they did not use a lot of the red. It was kind of the accent to the mural to, to bring out highlights. I don't know, as an accent. Thank goodness. Yeah. Gosh, I hope other people's kids did crazy things. My kids did so many crazy things I didn't even know about at the time. Um, it's insane. And every time we get together, there's something else that one of them remembers some crazy thing. Remember that time when dad was putting roof shingles on and, you know, Matt climbed up on the roof with the hammer and he was three and mom was taking a nap because she was working nights and she woke up and all she saw was the three-year-old walking across the roof with a hammer and I'm like, uh, you guys think this, and they think it's hysterical. And I'm like, this is not funny. This, these are not the things that are funny, but it's real talk and it's real conversations and it's real memories. And it's crazy. And so interesting to see how each of the kids remembers these same event with a different point of view, the point of view of a six-year-old whose rug is on fire. And that's kind of cool, but scary at the same time. And Oh my gosh, now I know that paper on the fire to stamp it out just fueled the flames, you know, um, or, you know, it seemed like a good idea to jump into the big sand pit that, you know, sand pile. That's fun. And, you know, as the adult responsible mom, no, that didn't look like fun to me at all. But to the kids, they thought it was hysterical. And actually to my husband too, because he was a giant kid. He was the fun parent. And I was the strict one. I was the one that made sure the homework got done and that they did their chores. Or at least I would tell them to go to their room and do their chores. Apparently, they built Lego castles, caught their rugs on fire, um, drew murals with with uh, Sharpies on the wall. Um, I don't know. They did all kinds of things. And... They're like, you were, you were, we were unsupervised. You just let us do whatever. And it wasn't that they were unsupervised, but I do believe in letting them learn from their mistakes. Now, you know, I don't recommend you're, you know, catching the rug on fire or putting the dryer, the cat in the dryer or yourself in the dryer or riding, <laughs> riding the laundry basket down the stairs or the mattress down the stairs. These are the things that my kids came up with. You know, I'm outside gardening and I come in and there they are riding down the stairs on a mattress. And I just look at them. I was like, what on earth are you doing? They're like, we're bobsledding. 
Good to know. Good to know. Bob sledding in the summer down the stairs on a mattress. Great. It's amazing my children survived. It's amazing that they didn't kill each other while they were having fun, right? But what's really amazing is that they're close. They talk to each other. They do things with each other. They laugh about how they got each other in trouble. Um, and they seem to really like each other. And yes, I am the butt of many jokes, but they tease each other and joke with each other all the time. And in our family, that comic relief, that picking on each other is a sign of love and affection. Crazy as that seems, but it's true. Kind of like the little kid that sat behind you in grade school and would like pull on your pigtails or would like eat glue, big gobs of that, that paste glue to impress you. And you, you were impressed, but in a gross kind of way, or you were annoyed because he like kept touching your hair or he would push you down in the playground or steal the swing. But it was because, you know, he liked you. Yeah, that's kind of how my family is with each other. That's how my kids interact. That's how my, my, my nieces and nephews, when they come over and they're interacting and they're talking to my kids. Remember that time we went on the trip and my finger got stuck in the doorknob and Aunt Dawn couldn't get it out, you know, got stuck in the doorframe at that rest at that rest stop and we and my finger exploded. And then they're cracking up laughing because it was funny because I was panicked because the five-year-old's finger was stuck in the door and the door was jammed shut because her finger was there and we couldn't get it out. Yeah, these are the things that they talk about. And it seems like they would be talking about these things and they would be, oh my God, and horrified. But they're laughing. They're joking. Look, this is the scar it left me with. You know, this is, this is the thing. Oh, remember that time I tripped and fell on on the treadmill and I cut my chin open and got stitches. Look, here's the scar. Um, they wear these scars and they tell these stories as a way to connect to their past and a way to stay connected to one another with these shared memories and the shared events and sharing their different points of view about the same events when great grandma died and they did this. And my point of view is my grandmother died and I'm devastated, but they huddled together. They band together all the kids, you know, great grandkids, you know, my nieces, my nephews, my kids. And they created this like tribe who was mourning the loss of great grandma. But at the same time, they were having adventures. They were out in the woods. They were, you know, experiencing a life that only children can in the midst of adult grief. They went out and they found a way to deal with the grief and sorrow, but have fun and create happy memories mixed in with the sad. And I think that's what we all need to remember to do, to remember to think like a kid, to approach life like kids do sometimes. You know, 
my sons could look at that event burning the carpet. And instead of laughing about it now, they could be, oh my God, mom, you know, they could feel horrible. They could, that could have scarred them for life. And I remember yelling at them. I don't remember exact actions or words. I just remember yelling at them because I was terrified. I was fear. I was full of fear for their safety and well-being. And that's one thing I've tried to tell my children and teach my children and be honest about is oftentimes when a grown-up yells at you when you've done something, it's that anger is actually fear. Fear shows up as anger. And I think that that lesson right there has served my children well. Just like picking on someone and teasing someone is a way to show love and affection. Becoming angry and yelling and, and you know, like when the little kid gets lost and the first thing you say, when my son was lost at the beach and I found him and the lifeguards are like, oh, he wandered a quarter mile down the beach in like five minutes. He didn't wander. He was running full tilt. He saw people flying a kite and he wanted to go fly a kite too. And the first thing I did was grab him, hug him and yell at him. Why? You can't do that. that that's wrong. Don't do that. He was three. And I terrified him and scared him. He wasn't afraid until I yelled at him. And he understood that what he did was wrong. But he felt my fear and he understood that I was terrified. And then, of course, I cry. I hug him. I say, I was so afraid. I was scared. You were lost and I couldn't find you. I was so worried. I'm sorry I yelled at you, but I was afraid. And I was truly thought you were gone. And I think that being open and honest with my kids, or at least trying to, because we, we try, it doesn't mean it works all the time, has served them well. At least I like to think so. And we have to remember to be open and honest with ourselves. Tell the truth. I know we get mad at ourselves, but really it's fear. We get anxious, but maybe that's doubt. And what is that doubt? It's fear. If you trace back all of these emotions, all of these reasons why you cannot, why you should not, why you would not do anything, trace it back. And the true root cause of all of those thoughts, feelings, and emotions is fear. And you know what? Check out Zach Williams' song, Fear is a Liar. Because, because fear is a liar. And my mom's calling. So that's the real talk for this Tuesday. I know. More than you wanted to know. But believe me, not as much as I could tell. So, and it's crazy. I keep getting these random memories. And my, my mantra, mantra for this year is, you know, I need to remember what I've forgotten to remember. And my kids are helping me remember things. Maybe not all the things I want to remember, like the cat in the refrigerator, the carpet on fire, taking turns in the dryer. Oh my gosh. I don't even want to know what they did when they went on their, their excursions into the woods. I just know they came back covered in swamp slime and mud and leaves and prickle briars and laughing and sunburnt. 
and full of joy. And isn't that what it's all about, finding your joy? I like to think so. So I hope today's Real Talk Tuesday brought you some moments of laughter, maybe a little happiness into your day, maybe spurred some of your own memories of your childhood or dealing with your kids and their escapades. And as always, if you're struggling, reach out. If you know someone who's struggling, reach out. And remember, if you don't take care of you, who will? If you don't take care of you, you can't take care of the ones you love. Until next time, stay safe. Find your joy in little bits, wherever you can, every day. And I will be talking to you very soon. And join me this Thursday for another in the series of Joy and Pain, talking with people who have found ways to find a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness, even in the midst of painful seasons, strife and struggles. I hope they inspire you as much as they inspire me. Until next time, have a spectacular day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee, the podcast. I'm so glad you've been joining me on this journey and that of my friends I've had conversations with along the way. If you are struggling, I need you to make sure that you reach out to someone that you can trust. And if you know someone who's struggling, especially here during the holidays, please reach out to someone and let them know you care. Please please. And remember, the suicide hotline is open 24-7. If you're a vet and you're struggling with PTSD, depression, anything, please reach out to the VA nearest you. And as always, I'm sending my light and love to all of you, my dear, beautifully broken tribe. You can find me here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the regularly scheduled podcasts. You can find me on the Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee podcast Facebook group just by looking it up and asking to join. I add extra content in there throughout the week, and I hope that the people um, that you refer this podcast to will join me there as well as you. And as always, Instagram, Dawn Renee underscore H and Facebook at Dawn Hanlon or Color Me Everything. You can find my website where everything I love comes together at colormeeverything.com. Have a great day and please share, comment, like, tell your friends about the podcast if you like it. And please be sure to let me know what you like because my entire purpose is to help you get through whatever it is you're dealing with today. Again, thank you for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon.